this flyover clip. How did you go from being just Julie Green, a pastor, to now being recognized as a prophet? And what is the difference between that? What's the difference between somebody that hears the voice of the Lord and is now called a prophet? Okay, so the difference is to me now, everyone hears the voice of the Lord because he said, my sheep know my voice. Yes. The difference between me is what I'm hearing. Is that the fact that I'm hearing from God? It's what I'm hearing from God. He's mm-hmm. given me prophetic words that need to go out to the nations, that need to go out to the body of Christ. Now, not every individual needs to hear those words because they're not called to the office of the prophet. Now, right. I had no idea because I was just an associate pastor with my dad. I did hear, you know, prophetic words every once in a while, maybe once a year, but I had no idea what God was going to and how he was going to do this. But the fact that how he's evolved, uh, me personally, spiritually, this ministry has been outstanding and just amazing. It's hard to believe sometimes, but every person can hear from God. And what I tell everybody how I started as I was watching Jerry Savelle and I've watched him as one of my favorite teachers because he's so easy to understand. Yep. I walk away from one of Jerry Savelle's teaching and go, yeah, I actually get that. Whether it was faith, it was if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your good uh, goods. There were so many different, uh, so many different teachings that he had that I just cherished and held on to in my darkest of times. Yes. But he taught me how to journal. So I would go into my prayer closet when my kids were either in school or my, my youngest was napping and I would just go there and have a pen and I'd have a paper. Okay. And the thing is I would be praising and worshiping God. I'd have praise and worship music on for a little bit. I'd be reading scriptures for a little bit. I'd be just, just lifting my hands and praising him. Sometimes I went in there just bawling my head off because there were so many horrible things that were going on in my life at that time. Wow. I remember just sitting there. I quietly put praise and worship music on and I would just quietly, very quietly. So I could barely hear it. And I would just sit there and I would just be quiet and listen because prayer is not just, I'm going to go tell God every one of my problems, right? Your list of things. Okay, God, I have this, 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 and this. Can yeah. you go do something about it? Yeah. That's yeah. really good. That's not prayer. No prayer is fellowship. And so when you have a fellowship with somebody, you're not only doing all the talking, you're sitting there and you need to listen, just like me and you, Yep. you're talking and I'm listening. I'm talking, you're listening. So it goes back and forth because that's how you fellowship. Right. People have not been taught how to pray. And so when Jerry Savelle was teaching, uh, his wonderful teachings, I'm not kidding. I love his teachings. People need to go follow him, but it was journaling. And so I would just sit there in the presence of the Mm -hmm. Lord listening to him and I would hear words and it was like, it was my own thought. It was so quiet. It was a still small voice of God. It wasn't like it came out of here. It was an audible voice out here. It was just a very quiet and it was almost like it was your own thought. Mm -hmm. These thoughts I knew weren't mine because I couldn't think like this. Wow. one of the most profound things I remember uh, when I was journaling and I was praying and I was just going through a lot at one time. And this was when I was very depressed and, and very fearful and very sick all the time. And, and there's just so many things I had to have answers for. Mm-hmm. And so I thought there had to be this 23 steps or 25 steps or 100 steps or whatever I had to do to get an answer to prayer. Right. What, what hoops do I have to jump through to make this happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I just sat there and I, and I, I was ready to mark down a whole bunch of stuff. I, I really was. I was ready to, to write 25 steps down, yep. 30 steps down. I didn't care how long it was going to take me that day. I just want to know the steps of receiving 
from God because I knew he was real. I knew he was true. I've known him all my life. I, I've seen miracles, signs and wonders. I've seen in my own life. I've seen in people's life and, and, you know, in our ministry. So I knew it was real. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And all I heard was believe. And I wrote wow. it down. Said, believe. I'm like, what? I said, Lord, believe. It has to be harder than that. He said, just believe me. Mm. Just believe my word. Believe me over your circumstances. Believe me over your symptoms. Believe me over your bank account. Believe me over a doctor's report. That's huge. And I said, Lord, it can't be that simple. I literally, I'm saying, I'm having this conversation. I said, it can't be that simple. He said, man makes it hard. I made it. Wow. So when you're actually hearing this, Julie, is this something where, um, like, are you journaling and he's responding back? Is that kind of, that's how this process is going? I journal everything that he says, no matter okay. if it's for me personally or if it's for uh, the, you know, the ministry team right. or for the, the churches and the nations. I always write down what he says. And I remember just writing it down, just believe. And he says, Julie, you have all these different circumstances in your life. Your feelings are going to tell you something. Your mind's going to tell you something. Your circumstances are going to yep. scream at you. This is impossible. This is no way, oh, no way situation. No way out. It's too dark. It's too impossible. And he says, you have to believe me through that. Man, and that's huge. What I do. Yep. And so, again, people think I have to do all these things to get an answered prayer. And we don't. Right. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to like, pray for eight hours a day. I used to think if I didn't pray for six or seven hours a day, I wasn't getting my prayers answered. Right. That's not. It's not the work. Jesus already has Amen. done the Amen. It is just our willingness to say, God, I see all these things that are going in my life and it looks like a mess. Yep. I'm going to believe you. I trust you and I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to thank you before I even see my answer. I'm going to just praise you. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to say, thank you, Father God, that I have an answer to prayer. And your feelings are going to tell you you're stupid. Your feelings and your mind's going to tell you you're an idiot. And there's, it's going to be arguing back and forth with you because it's that natural but right. God is a super on our natural. And if we're looking in the natural, we're only going to see a bird's eye. You know, we're just going to see this, this view. Right. But if we're looking through God's perspective or perception, we're looking through his word. We're seeing it at a higher view, which is his view. So it really is simple. He wants a fellowship with us. It's great to hear, hear these prophetic words. It's great to be able to speak encouragement every day. But God is saying, I don't just want that for my people. I want them to have a close and fellowship relationship with me and not just through a prophet, not just through an evangelist, not just through a teacher, not just through a pastor. There is a fivefold, no matter what churches or religion Mm -hmm. is telling you, the fivefold ministry is still at work, which includes prophets. Which is in the New Testament. Ephesians is the New Testament. That's not old because a lot of times people will say, well, that's just of the Old Testament. But it was still Ephesians is in the New Testament. So yeah. they said there's fivefold ministry. Why would yeah. we take out a, a certain part of that? And you can't. And just no. like, you know, and I've given this an example for 9-11. I've heard a minister say this once, and I couldn't remember who exactly it was. But he said on 9-11, God talked to every person. And wow. I know people who personally had that unction in their spirit not to go to the towers that day. They actually worked right next to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I've heard people who worked in it. Now, I don't know them personally. 
who just stopped off and had breakfast was decided to be late. They just had that feeling to be late for work that day. Wow. They didn't know why. Those yep. people, we spoke to every person that day. Mm-hmm. It is where if some people listened and some people didn't. That's why I tell yep. my kids, no matter if you want to obey, when you're obeying me, it's just practice to obeying God. Right. That's right. That is so, so good. And, you know, I mean, and it's it's practicing that in the smallest things, you know, sometimes like, you know, um, oh, here's an example. Last week on my show, um, you know, the Lord cares about every little bit and pieces and he wants to be included and involved. Well, last week on my show, I had a shirt that I thought, I felt like the Lord was saying, you should wear that shirt um, on my show last week when I did the prophetic report. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear this shirt. And I felt like he said, okay. But then when we started doing the show, I was like, I should have worn that shirt. It went right along with what just came out of the show. And he cares about even those things. And it's like literally hearing it. And then you have a choice. Am I going to walk in obedience or not walk in obedience? You know, I mean, it didn't ruin my show. It just would have been better. You know, he was like, yeah. this, this is a good thing. I mean, he cares about every aspect of our life. It's simple obedience. And so I heard somebody else say, how do you get all these prayers answered? You pray and you obey. And it's yes. that simple. You pray. And even in the smallest things, yeah, there's things even in our ministry that God, we don't, we don't usually ever go on a live show without praying. And we don't, we don't, there's certain things because it's not me. Yes, right. it's me, but it's his will. It's his yep. word, his way. It's what he wants said to his people, not what I want said. And that's how Amen. I, when I was associate pastor with my dad, I would do the same thing. I would not go out and preach without saying, God, what you do, what do you want your people to hear? Right. I have studied to show myself approved. I have an idea of what I, I think they should hear. Yep. But it's not about me. It's about right. you and what you want. So what do you want them to know? And that's how the prophecy happened too. Um, to answer that question. Yes. I was just, I didn't obey him for almost three years. <laughs> I wow. did not get on YouTube. I did not. I don't like to see myself on camera. I don't like to hear myself. <laughs> I was like, no. And I just kept like this, like little soul poking all the time. Julie, get on YouTube, get on YouTube. I'm like, no, what do I, what am I going to say? Right. And then I heard him say, get on YouTube every day. And I was like, what am I supposed to say every single day, Lord? Like, right. Are you kidding me? I, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot to, you know, and so I kind of fought it for a while. And then the first year I was on in 2020, I was just, if I was preaching because we lost the the, the place, the building that we were in, because we were renting somewhere and they wouldn't let us in. And wow. we couldn't find any place during 2020. So I was preaching online. So I would just kind of, you know, post one picture or one video a week. And all of a sudden, January 6th happened. Yep. And so January 7th happened. Um, I woke up that early in the morning and, and God said, and I was distraught. I was angry. I was hurt like everybody else was. And I heard him say, and I was crying out to him in the middle. This is like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, right after they, uh, they certified. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't understand what just happened. And he says, can you trust me? And I said, yes. But his next question was, will you? And the, the whole thing was, and I got it a year and a half later. Wow. I mean, I understood, but I didn't understand until just recently when he said, can you? Yes, he gives us the ability to trust him, but he can't make us. Right. It's our willingness and it's our choice. So he says, can you trust me? And I said, of course I can. He said, but will you? At the time I'm like, well, yes, I'm going to trust you. But now I know the real depth of 
will you trust me? Wow. Because this has gone on so much longer, so much deeper, mm-hmm. so much harder, yep. and so much more impossible than it looked that day of January 6th. Yep. So January 7th happened. I woke up with a fire in me and I'm like, everyone's going to be distraught because I was talking to people just even a few minutes that morning. Everybody's distraught. Everybody's mad. I only had like 11 to 19 followers. It was very small. It was just like my local people in my church, you know, and I was just like giving them encouragements every day, giving them scriptures, praying over them. That's how it started. I was just like, okay, Lord, before I got on, what do you want them to hear today? What do you want them to know? That's how it was. And I do that everywhere I go. I don't care if it's a reawaken America tour if it's on this life, like a live show like this, if it's in a stage in a, in a ministry, in a church, it's the same. What do you want them to hear? Because in my deepest, darkest hours of suicide, fear, depression, anxiety, the darkest hours of my life, I would cry out to him and say, Lord, what do you want me to hear? I need hope. I need something. I need a word from you. He would, he would either give it to me in a song or he would give it to me. I would just happen to change uh, on YouTube. I would, I would click on, he said, click on this, this uh, teaching today. And it was exactly what I had to hear. And that gave me hope. That gave me that jump start, like of a battery for that day to choose to still live, choose to still fight. It was his word. And so that's why it's in me. So, and it, it drives me every day because I have been there. And there's some days I still have to fight stuff. But sure. there's days where I, I just, I, I can see those people. I can feel them. I, I know the darkness at their end because I've been there. And so I'm like, I just want them to know what you want them to hear. And that say, is huge. Give them that light. Yeah. It, it's huge. It's interesting because uh, that's how Flyover Conservative started, actually. Um, uh, January the 6th, January the 7th, I got up really early in the morning and I was crying out to the Lord. I was worshiping. I was spending time with the Lord. And I heard him say, I said, he said, things that you have trusted for truth, you're not going to be able to see him from these sources any longer. And he said, it's time for discernment. And um, we knew right away we we're supposed to start this podcast. And he said, record, record, record. But the whole thing that he said is, he said, every episode has to have hope in it. Because mm-hmm. anytime there's hopelessness, it's always seated in a lie. And that means yep. that God's been taken out of the equation. And, right. uh, and so that, that was such a huge time for our country. But I think a lot of ministries, a lot of people, too, is like, all right, Lord, use me in whatever direction, whatever way I can be used. I want to be used uh, to help to save our country, to be able to be a part of uh, partnering with God and what he's doing in our world right now. And it's, it's exciting to see that, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to hear your story as well. So after January 6th, at what time then did you start doing your daily. So you, you did go on, you had some people that you were following in your church, but when did you start prophetically releasing prophetic words on a daily basis? It was a process. So in January, 2021, I started doing every day. And then I, I got into not only giving the, uh, just encouragement every day and I give them the teaching every day. I call it encouraging words. And I, and I would just say for that day. Um, and then I started following the, um, election fraud and I started following yep. certain things and, so I was doing both. Okay. And I was kind of like, okay, Lord. And then I got kicked off and I, and I, then I really thought I just failed God. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I was depressed for a, a couple of days. And anyway, cause I really thought, and I was like, why do you have me in politics and ministry? Because right. politics is what got me off. But I knew, 
It was it was um, probably May or June, July, something like there. Started getting at least prophecies at least once once a month. Okay. Then between uh, July and- Because you were getting them once a year prior to that, you said probably, maybe yeah. once a year. So then it was like once a month was probably a lot. Yeah. yeah. You're like, whoa. Then between July and September, it, w- it was once a month, once a week, and then every day. Wow. And oh, I got a lot of people saying, of course, there's a lot of religious people, a lot of legalistic people out there. Sure. And they're just like, one, God hasn't talked to a woman. Two, God's oh, never going to no. No woman is ever going to be a prophet. And four, no prophets hear God's word every day. Wow. So I'm, I'm so glad they could put God in a box like that, really? you know? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to ask this question. I, I'm not going to answer the, you know, the foolish questions about females because right. God's not a sexist God. No. But I said, okay, but what about the prophetic words every day, Lord? I, you know, I had turned everybody else off. That's when they started every day. Okay. When I had turned everyone else off, I was listening to all the prophets and we were like kind of putting all these puzzle pieces together. Me and my team were just having so much fun. Like, yeah, Robin said this today and Amanda said this today and Timothy said this today and Hank said this today. We were so excited. It's just big, huge uh, puzzle pieces. And I'm like, yeah, and the Lord said this to me and and it was just all going. Then he said, turn them off. Oh, wow. You were like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So September, it was like the end of August, beginning of September, he said, turn them all off. And I said, okay. So once I started turning them off, they became every day and then became uh, longer and okay. more in depth and uh, just, it, it was more accurate. I don't know mm-hmm. how to describe it, but anyway, more detailed. And so I asked him one time, I said, Lord, no one else is speaking every day. No one else is prophesying every day. I said, you know, people are questioning me and I know there's other pastors that have questioned me because I am speaking every day. And I said, I don't understand. Can you help me understand why am I different? I'm like, am I wrong? And I'm like, I know I hear your voice. And he said, Julie, is an answer to your prayer. I said, Lord, I did not ask to prophesy every day. <laughs> and he said, no, but you did ask me for years and years and years and years when I was preaching and just in general, um, turn every test into a testimony. And I said, and also what do your people have to hear for this very day and this very hour? He goes, this wow. is what my people have to hear. Yep. This very day in this very hour. And he goes, and he said, Julie, and he asked me another question. If the enemies of Almighty God, the, my enemies, can speak every single day, and they can speak through many different outlets and resources, yep. why would I not speak the truth every day? If fear can go out every day, doubt and unbelief can go out every day, a lie can go out every day, why can't the good news? Why can't encouragement? Why can't the truth? Why can't I speak? Why is it only one-sided? Mm-hmm. And I said, that's all the answer I needed. Yep. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. 
is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you choose to go against the sacred thing that God put into the very heart and the soil of this nation, this was sacred to God. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.